All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Hi, Keith. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Now, yesterday on Happy Thursday show, you were pretty much bang on the money mm-hmm. predicting what was going to be announced by Dr. Bonnie Henry later in the day on dropping the mask. Man, I think you basically hit a home run there, had the whole thing yep. early. So let's talk about that. The The mask mandate dropped immediately with some exceptions. Mm-hmm. and But the vaccine card... As you as you said yesterday in the show, sticking around for a while, right? Sticking around for a month until April eighth. Um, uh, again, mass mandate effective today. Interesting in the legislature, we still have the mass mandate in place here, but that's dropping on Monday. Yeah. Uh, but the vaccine uh, passport requirement will hang around for another month or so, and it's up to individual businesses to decide whether they want to have a mask. Um, um, mandate in place in, in their in their uh, premises. I just came from my favorite coffee shop behind the ledge. Uh, they don't have a mask mandate anymore, but I noticed that um, there are four employees, three were wearing masks of the customers in line. There were five of us, three were wearing masks. So people are still going to wear masks to to a larger degree than you know we saw you know at the beginning of this pandemic, obviously. But it's going to be interesting to see how businesses enforce this or whether they just drop it entirely or they still try to implement it. I'd be it. kind of surprised if a lot of businesses implemented their own ma- mandatory mask policy. I, I would think you- most businesses want people in the door without any restrictions at all. But Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think some employees might still stick to a mask. But one of the issues will be, and I think all employers will want to avoid this, is confrontations because there's going to be – I think people go back. Remember those belligerent encounters we saw at the beginning? Yeah. People didn't want to wear a mask or being told to wear a mask. Now that the rule has been lifted, I think it would uh, uh, encourage some of the more belligerent people who don't like wearing masks uh, to rebel against the requirement to wear a mask on, in, in certain premises. So I agree with you. I don't think you're going to see a lot of businesses have this as a rule. Okay, let's listen to a little bit of Dr. Bonnie Henry uh, making the announcement yesterday. And here she is talking about moving away from mandates to a more self-management style. Have a listen. The need for these every single one of these particular layers of protection has dropped below the threshold where we need to have an order for them to be in place. That means we can move from a mandated approach to an empowered self-management approach. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Bonnie Henry speaking yesterday, uh, and she's re- repeating been, something that she a theme that she had hit on earlier about moving to kind of a self assessment. Exactly. This has been building for weeks, if not months. Um, people shouldn't be surprised about about the announcement. So anybody who's been paying attention, I, I'm in a different situation because I've covered 225 or so Bonnie Henry briefings and and talk to them all the time. So and keep an, uh, keep abreast of the data. I look at the hospitalization numbers every day, the ICU numbers every day, the case numbers every day, the positivity rate every day. This was all building to where we saw yesterday. This was we're trending in the right direction, as are other provinces and jurisdictions. Everyone's headed in the same place for the most part, not entirely, which is why you're seeing restrictions lifted around the world. Right. I spoke to the president of the BC Teachers Federation earlier on the show, Terry Mooring, who expressed some concerns uh, around the timing of this, noting that you still got to mask up in schools at least this today and well, next week if you're if kids are still in school next week. Yeah, it, until your spring break, right? And, and, and you've got staggered spring breaks around the province. Right. Some school districts are, are uh, gone as of uh, the end of today yeah. for spring break. When they return, they don't have mask requirements. If you're in school next week, though, you still have mask requirements until your spring break starts the following week. Okay, she wanted to see more coordination 
uh, with the general mask mandate. I'm not sure that's... I'm not sure it really ma- matters that much. Um, it's it, Again, it's... We're not seeing a huge amount of transmission in schools, so I, I don't think this really matters that much. I had a caller earlier on the show today saying, well, okay, everyone's sort of celebrating like they feel like this is like the end of COVID. COVID no, is over. Not over. Could could the mandates come back? Could sure. you see another wave, another variant? Well, again, Dr. Henry's warned, uh, beware the fall. Uh, the, the, the next respiratory illness season um, could and again we don't know as she keeps pointing out we don't know everything about COVID nineteen this this particular virus is still showing up in different ways it's mutating we don't we're not, we're not at the end here we don't know where this is headed but right now for the spring and summer I think we're in a good position but the fall could change a lot of things. Let's talk about the federal conservative leadership, oh, yes. which is fascinating to me. So I, this is sort of setting up as kind of a, a three way battle here between Pierre Polyev. The sort of fire-breathing finance critic on the right of the party, Jean Charest, former conservative cabinet minister, former liberal premier of Quebec, Quebec yep. and Patrick Brown, the former leader of the Ontario Conservative Party. Now, I think this is shaping up as kind of a battle for the soul of the conservative party mm-hmm. here, and I think it's going to be nasty. Well, I, I well, really it- think it will. Well, Poliev, I think, will be uh, a, a bit of a rabid attack dog against yeah. Charest and Brown. I think he's already cast them as allies, and he's trying to build himself up as the sort of the underdog against the establishment and, the, and against the red Tory liberal faction of the party. And I have to say, right now, um, in the conservative narrative, uh, Poliev, I think the members skew to his side. It's, it's the, the membership, the caucus and the members of the Conservative Party have become a little more hard-edged right and more uh, reflective of the old Reform Party than the old traditional Conservative Party. And it's going to be a challenge for Charest and or Brown to recruit enough members uh, to s- sort of trump the, uh, to use a word, the current <laughs> membership that Poliev, I think, probably has a bit of a lock on. Well, I think Poliev's got an edge here, too. That's why I was kind of surprised when I heard some analysis from Tom Mulcair. Okay, so this is the fe- the former federal NDP leader who I, was a, a Quebec cabinet minister in the Charest government, mm. right? So he's Charest's buddy. They, they were together in Quebec. But have a listen to this. This is Mulcair talking to CTV here, and he's predicting Charest's got a cakewalk here to win this thing. Have a listen. I think that Mr. Charest is going to make very quick work of Pierre Poilievre. He's structured, he's organized, he's got a big team around him. And uh, no matter what polls say on any given day, it's a question of boots on the ground, selling memberships in all 338 ridings. I think that uh, Charest is going to have a, a fairly easy time of it. Okay, Tom Mulcair, the former would, NDP. I'm not so sure I agree I, with that. I can't see a cakewalk for, for anybody, frankly. I mean, I'm not saying Poilievre's got a lock on this, but uh, there is time now. Um, the... the Best thing for Charest and Brown, and it's a it's a bit of a weakness for Poliev, is the extended uh, date. They're not voting for a leader until September. There's a lot of time for Charest and Brown to sign up members. I mean, if the vote was earlier, I think Poliev would have much more of an edge. Yeah. But the the ground is fertile for for Charest and Brown to sign up members. But again, they have to sign up members, and that's easier said than done. Okay, this is going to be a nasty fight, I think, and I've already seen some negative attack ads online aimed at Charest, saying that basically, I saw one ad last night, so Jean Charest is a liberal, 
He was a, the liberal premier of Quebec. He raised the Quebec sales tax. He brought in a carbon tax. He supported the billion-dollar long gun registry. Oh, and here's the maybe the worst one of all. He was a paid consultant for Huawei at the same time that China kidnapped the two Michaels. So mm -hmm. this is going to be the style of attack. They're going to say this guy is a liberal. And if you take a look at Pierre Poiliev's Twitter feed, uh, yesterday there was a story that Patrick Brown... And John Charest have already got some sort of secret alliance. Well, that's the narrative the scenes. Paul Eva is going to try to spin. Again, it's, it's him against the world, uh, yeah. him against the establishment, and that's going to play well to his supporters. But does it play well to the people who have yet to sign up members, uh, memberships in the, in the party? That might not go over well so much with them. Okay, we're going to watch that one closely, to say the least. All right, um, the war in Ukraine uh, continues to be bloody. Over 2 million refugees. Yeah, What, what terrible. A, ter a terrible crisis now. The United States has now banned Russian oil. Mm -hmm. Canada has banned Russian oil. Tougher for Europe to do that. They're more dependent on Russian ener energy. But we continue to see this debate in Canada. Okay, if we're going to starve the Putin regime, why not pump out more Alberta oil out of the ground, sell it to the United States, build more pipelines? Now have a listen to this. This is Jen Psaki here, the White House press secretary, and she's challenged by Fox News reporter here. Build that Keystone Pipeline. Let's get more Canadian oil down here. Have a listen to this exchange. You guys say all options are on the table is restarting Keystone construction, one of them. If we're trying to bring about more supply, that does not address any problem. It's supply from Canada, a friendly ally, instead of that, Saudi Arabia. That's already or that's are, we're already getting that oil, Peter. It's the the pipeline is just a delivery mechanism. It is not an oil field, so it does not provide more supply into the system. It, it does not address. Is it possible that Joe Biden will ever say? You there's, guys can go ahead with construction of Keystone XL. There's no plans for that, and it would not address any of the problems we're having currently. Okay, so the Biden administration does not want to build that pipeline, and that's quite no, Well, quite a couple clear. of things. Um, there's not, not not a lot of Russian oil in North America. This is a, it's a European market for Russian oil. It's not here. And, and Saki's quite right. They get a lot of oil from Canada. But the States also has a massive amount of oil. Uh, in their own um, in their own oil fields, um, and in terms of uh, building pipelines, we're talking about a crisis that's unfolding in days and hours. Yeah, right and, now, right now, yeah. pipelines are very much and 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 whether it's natural gas or oil, are years in the making, and that's not going to address what's happening right now. Okay. All right, welcome back. It's Baldry's beat. Lots of calls here. Let's get right to them. Rob and Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Yeah. Hi. Good morning, guys. So, uh, am I correct, Keith, that? Uh, the NDP, John Horgan, the NDP, they've walked back now, nurses being uh, having to be mandatory vaccinated. Am I correct on that? No. So what's happening is that the people who work in the acute care system and, and long-term care, it was about 130,000 people, uh, they've had to be vaccinated for months now. And if they're not, they can't work there. And that's about 2,300 people. Where, okay. where there has been a change, though, is in other health professions, dentists, uh, oh. chiropractors, acupuncturists, oh. pharmacists, uh, a whole range of occupations, about more than two dozen uh, health-related occupations. Oh. They originally were supposed to be vaccinated by March 21st or 24th with at least one dose. That's now been changed. Uh, they no longer have to meet that requirement, but they have to disclose to their individual colleges or professional associations their vaccination status, 
as of March 31st. So now it's the goal is to allow clients and patients to know the vaccination status of those extended healthcare professions. Eventually, the plan is for them to uh, be uh, face mandatory vaccinations, but that's not happening right now. Okay, I just found it. I just thought I found it very interesting because I my mom is in the Tabor home in Abbotsford, and uh, I thought it, not only I, I got vaccinated because so I could go see her, but now I'm being forced. They used to take their temperature, and now you have to be now they make you take a rapid test before they let you in. And I'm not a yeah. big fan of that. I think if I'm vaccinated and I'm healthy, yeah. they take your temperature. Yep, that's right. Thank, thank you for the call, Rob. Yeah, no, Rob, that's that's absolutely right. You still uh, the, what's what's changed in long term care is uh, as of a week today, next Friday, there can be unlimited visitors to uh, your loved ones in long term care. So you can take all the grandkids and the extended family to go see grandma and grandpa, but you still have to uh, be vaccinated and you still have to take a rapid test and test test uh, negative. Okay, COVID. so when it comes to these other healthcare professionals, whether it's like chiropractors and that kind of thing, so. The original plan was mandatory vaccination for, for these people. Now you're saying that's being delayed or it's yep. being scrapped? Well, right now it's being delayed. Who knows whether ultimately it gets scrapped. But right okay. now there's no date for mandatory vaccinations for those professionals. But March 31st is the date for them to declare their vaccination and, status. And, and if they don't has, declare, they're deemed to be non-vaccinated. And that has to be disclosed to their patients? Yes. to the Well, oh. it... it, it, it they haven't worked it out yet because I asked, asked questions about this yesterday. They're supposed to disclose to their individual college yeah. or their professional association, which governs their their profession, whether it's the College of uh, Chiropractors or whatever. They have to disclose to that body their vaccination status. How that body communicates to patients their vaccination status is unclear yet. Okay. Uh, All right. And, but the huh. goal is to allow people to know whether the, your physiotherapist or your dentist is vaccinated or not. Interesting. Dave and Fanny Bay. Hi, Dave. Hey, gentlemen. Um, I was reading the, the Times colonists there, and a lot of the uh, letters to the editor seem to be concerned about the truckers' convoy coming to Victoria this weekend. I was wondering if you guys, seen as you're over there, have seen any preparations by the police, maybe barricading things off, and what 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 have you heard? And do you think this is going to get out of hand? Yeah. So right now, I've talked to security about this uh, and police. They're they are certainly aware of this. Uh, I'm not sure the police will never tip their hand on what they're going to do. I wouldn't be surprised to see streets blocked blocked by police. On Saturday, uh, the, that convoy is supposed to be here on, on Monday. Now, whether or not this guy, the organizer, may be just completely talking through his hat and that there's going to be relatively few people here, given that the mass mandate is now over, the vaccination passport card is uh, set to expire in a month. But last Saturday, we had a fair number of people, uh, anti-vaxxers, on the front lawn of the legislature and a fair number of trucks. So I think Saturday is going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be a huge huge uh, amount of people here but again the police are going to are certainly aware of it and they are going to take some steps but they'll never tip their hand in terms of what they're going to do okay is there a fear that this turns into like a little mini ottawa that's what this guy well, that's, what that's what they're vowing the organizer says they're going to be here for two or three months oh and it doesn't matter as we saw with the with the ottawa combo it's not it's not about any one issue we interviewed kylie stanton my colleague at global interviewed one of the organizers yesterday who had a uh, dump trudeau a hat on. There's sure, a lot yeah. of this is a lot about anti-Trudeau. Sure. I've gone to these these rallies and uh, there's two themes. One is uh, 
dump Trudeau, although there are hang Trudeau signs in in numerous uh, number. And there's also a strong religious evangelical uh, component yeah. of this. He thanks a lot. All right, talk to you later. All right.